It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. So our next guest that's joining us is Emma. And Emma has the most amazing um, journey, shall we say, um, journey probably being the appropriate word, um, to be being a multiple birth parent. Um, so Emma, welcome. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's so great to have you on. Um, you've got quite an amazing story. So we're going to go right back to the start. Um, and you were, found out that you were pregnant with twins. Yes, I did. So um, previously, I actually lost a set of twins between. So I've got four, I've got four children. Um, between my two older children, I lost a set of twins. Um, they were early gestation, 22 weeks and about four or five days. Um, unfortunately, I went into preterm labour with them and in an ambulance on the way to the hospital, I gave birth to them. But they were too early and I lost them. So when I fell pregnant again um, and found out it was twins, it was fairly nerve-wracking, um, to say the least. I was very nervous for another twin pregnancy after going through what I'd already gone through. Um, but very excited as well to, to, yeah, it's, to have it's a set of twins. Uh, very much a bittersweet experience. I also lost a set of twins before I had these twins. Um, and so I, I, I personally fully understand that um, nervousness of, of having another multiple birth pregnancy but um it was all compounded for you a little bit because you sort of you, you're not totally isolated rurally but you do live rurally don't you I do so I live um an hour and a half from the closest hospital that actually delivers babies um and half an hour from the closest hospital but they don't do anything other than basically put you in an ambulance to go to the next hospital so I had to travel quite a distance um, for my appointments with my doctor um, and he seen me weekly because obviously he wanted to keep a very close eye on things and make sure everything was fine so I seen him weekly pretty much from the start of the pregnancy and because I found out very early I found out only about four or five weeks along um, he started seeing me weekly from then so I had to travel an hour and a half each way weekly from then um, right through to the 26 weeks when I actually delivered. Gosh, that's so different. To, um, it's fine. Emma's got a, a, a little baby on her lap. Well, not a little baby, a big baby. Are you going to say hello to us all? Yeah, she's almost turning two. This one, she's about to turn two. Oh, that's exciting. A big sister. Um, so you, um, it, it's so different having babies compared to Nikki and I, because we both live, well, Nikki's not in a capital city per se, but she's in a large area and I'm in Brisbane. Mommy, daddy. It is. Um, and it's nerve wracking being that far from, um, your doctor, um, especially if you've had problems daddy. in the past, um. My single pregnancies went very smoothly, although I did. I was about two and a half weeks early with my little girl that's on my lap now. 
Um, but even them, like because I was early with them, Mommy. it's nerve-wracking being so far. Um, so my little girl, for instance, I actually went into labour with her two and a half weeks early in the middle of the night um, and had and we got to the hospital within, I think it was four minutes between us going in the front door and her being delivered. So I was very, very close even with her to delivering her on the road. Um, okay, you've, you've really so then, had a world. You've really had a whirlwind of experiences when it comes to uh, your, your pregnancies. Uh, you must be yeah. mentally yeah. To, to get to where you are now. Yeah, a mental roller coaster. It it certainly has been, and our family's complete now. And in one regard, I'm I'm relieved because uh, the pregnancy seemed to be getting, or the delivery seemed to be getting quicker. Um, and even even my son was two hours from start to finish which a lot of people say, oh, you lucky yeah, thing, but they were so intense yeah. because of that. Even the doctor said your body doesn't have any time to adjust, so they're a lot more intense and you've got to go through a lot um, because of it. Like any any pregnancy itself is a lot um, and it's a huge thing on your body, but not having time to get ready um, and your body to adjust, even the doctor said there are very intense pregnancies. Yeah. And let's, deliveries. Let's go back to your first twin pregnancy. Um, do they know why you went into labour early? No. Um, so they did all the tests um, they could for autopsies. Um, we didn't want to go that far, but we did, obviously, um, after going into labour early, they did all the, the swabs they could and they did all the tests that they could, like blood tests on the babies and everything, and they couldn't come up with anything um, which made, I, I suppose, it even a bit more nerve-wracking because I didn't have an answer. If I, I feel if I had an answer, I could have said, okay, well, that's not happening this time. And it, because I felt so good through the pregnancy, um, so my first pregnancy was my little boy, and I, I didn't, I felt pretty rotten all the whole pregnancy. But my twin girls, I felt good all the way through. Um, and the fact that I felt good and then lost them, I was nervous when I felt good in my next pregnancy because my first pregnancy I'd felt pretty rotten for most of my pregnancy and then delivered a healthy boy. Then I felt really good and lost my girls. So whenever I felt really good, I was nervous. And that sounds a little bit silly, I suppose, but I was nervous that... I didn't have an answer. If I could say, okay, well, this is why, I think it would have been a lot easier. But because there was no answer and they couldn't tell me why and they had no idea why, it made the unknown so scary. Wow. I I fully empathise and agree that, I, I mean, yeah, Ooh, that's quite scary though, living um I think for me, when I did fall pregnant with the twins again after losing the first set, um, you know, the hospital that I delivered at, which is the one that people are helicoptered into, you know, that do live rurally, um, is just literally down the road to, from me. Um, so yes, that's a huge difference. Well, that that was a big thing. Yes, and and that's a big thing. Like. Um, it, as everyone knows, with anything like that, time is a big factor. So they said our girls were almost 23 weeks, which is extremely early. Um, 
And they did say, look, they would have had a very little chance if you were in a major city. But they said if they were delivered in hospital in a major city, they would have had a small chance. Out here, they just had no chance. There was just none. They tried, even the local hospital at that stage, I was picked up by the ambulance and taken to the local hospital first. Um, and they were trying to get the chopper in to pick me up. And they said at the other end where the chopper was coming from, they said, no, she's got no chance. She's going to lose them. So we're not going to send the chopper. So they wouldn't send it. And so they basically put me in another ambulance and sent me to Inverell, which is the next closest town, um, knowing full well that I was losing them. And even Inverell's not big. They're not equipped to handle premature babies like that. No. Um, sorry. Oh, hun, I, it go, my heart breaks for you. You have just had such the journey and to even be able to talk about it. Um, do you know something? I haven't still shared on air my story of losing my twins. So, yeah. It is so hard. And I, I often, whenever I see two little girls, I see my girls and wonder what they would be like um and it is so hard you can't help but but wonder what they would have been like and what their personalities would have been like and all that sort of thing so it it is hard um but there is there is a lot of help out there um I for me personally I didn't find I wanted counseling or anything like that I wrote in a journal mm. um and I found that helped me get through it but I still have teary moments whenever oh. I talk about it and it, it's hard absolutely can I ask do you ever go back and read your journal um no I don't really it was more um to begin with I used to write multiple times a day and it got less and less um and basically, I was writing letters to my girls. Um, it wasn't. Um, I don't. I don't know that the, they would even make sense, to be honest, because I was just pouring out my feelings. Anything that I felt at that moment, I was writing down, and I was writing to them. But there was so much pouring out of my heart at the time that I don't know that it would even make sense. I just wrote and by the time I had finished writing each time, I felt more at peace. Yeah. Um, and I, I found that was the best thing for me. I would just keep writing and keep writing until I could stop and I could feel a bit better. My li I had my little boy at the time and he honestly got me through it. Yeah. My husband was an amazing support and even till now he's still an amazing support and it, it was a really tough time for us um but as I said there's a lot of support out there for people and ev everyone copes in a different way and everyone needs to do things in a different way um some people go counseling way some people just write in a journal some people like to talk to people I found talking about the girls helped um some people can't talk about them to begin with I found it did help and I, I want my other children to know that they've got two sisters as well and that I 
effectively have six children. I only have four with me, but um, I don't want them to be forgotten. No, absolutely um, not. You're a mother of six. They're very special. Mm. Yes. And how did she go when you then found out about your next pregnancy? Um, how was that for you? Because I imagine that that would have been riddled with quite some fear. Well, it was. So uh, after losing the first set of twins, I fell pregnant um, with my little girl. And it was mixed emotions. I was terrified that I wouldn't be able to support the pregnancy. Um, I was terrified and, and that I had failed and that I would again. Um, but at the same time, I had some comfort in knowing it was one, not two, um, that I had supported a single pregnancy before, um, but not a double. So I had some comfort in that, but I, I was terrified. I really was. Um, they say, I'll oh, relax and don't stress, but how can you after losing two babies? Um, so it was, it was nerve wracking, but I'm sort of pleased that I could do one again before if it had been twins again I don't know how I would have coped with that um going through the single pregnancy again was was very nerve-wracking the whole time and I was I was nervous for every little like everyone knows that's been pregnant you have little uncomfortable moments or you have little pains here and there and you get a bit sore and you you expect that um but obviously I was nervous the whole time um and then to then fall pregnant with twins again, it sort of, I had some peace in knowing, yes, I'd done another single pregnancy, although I'd, I'd got to two and a half weeks earlier, I'd, I'd had some comfort with that. But then I was pregnant with twins again and I thought, is, am I go going to repeat it? Is it all going to repeat again? Um, but I, um, it, it was hard and it's hard to sort of explain. Like, yes, I was nervous all the time, but I was trying to, be calm and try and be relaxed and try and be sensible not to do like to be active enough but not over the top um because they say you've got to be active and I knew if I was going to deliver twins that I needed to be semi have some fitness about it not just be sitting around all day and I couldn't I, I had had two other children to run around after so there was no way I could sit all day either yeah so that's Talk about when you went into labour with your second set of twins. Where yeah, were you? So, um, so basically I woke up in the morning and I, I felt like I was bruised. There's, there's, that's the only way I can explain it. Um, when, you're, when you've hurt yourself and you've got a bruise, you, you feel that sort of, uncomfortable bruised pain that's all I felt um across my belly and I would have sworn I had a big bruise on my belly that's all it felt like there was no cramping there was no labor pains there was nothing it just felt like a bruise and my parents live up the hill from me actually um my husband was already at work so I got my mum I called my mum and said can you come down because my belly was so big I, there was no way I could see underneath it and I called her to come down and, and have a look at me to see if, if I was bruised. I'd been to the doctor the day before. Um, so she came down and had a look and she said, no, there's no marks there or anything. I said, well, it just feels 
sore. I just, I just feel bruised. I said, it doesn't feel like anything else. And we talked about it for a minute or so. And she said, do you want to go to Inverell? Um, obviously I'd been there the day before. So that was three hours in traveling the day before. And I thought, oh, do I really want to go? And then I thought, yes, I do. Um, because of losing the twins, if I hadn't lost them, I probably would have hung around until I could call him because it was too early for him to have started. So I couldn't have got him on the phone unless I called the hospital, but I wasn't in labor. I was just felt a bruise. So I decided to go anyway. And my dad said he'd drive me so my mum could stay with the kids. And thankfully he did because I went into labor in the car. So about halfway there, we'd actually passed the hospital in town and we were halfway to Inverell. Um, and I went into labor. I said to my father, that's changed. It's now labor pain and it wasn't a lot further down the road um and i went like i was in full full on labor and i could feel them coming we were trying to get the attention like we were trying to see if we can see a police officer sort of thing coming along the road because there's obviously a lot of highway patrol on that road we eventually did um and they pulled us over and my dad raced back and said my daughter's in labor with twins and he said um, that he would take us in. So he flew out and my dad flew out after him. Um, and we were traveling along the road and it was just after the police officer pulled us over that I started to deliver. So I had, I was obviously having quite active contractions at that time. I had a big contraction and my water broke and then another big contraction straight away and Declan, the first baby came. Um, and so straight away, I didn't have a lot of cord length. He was literally on my lap. Um, so I caught him and put him on my lap. Um, and I was massaging his chest and trying to get him breathing. Um, while I was working on him and getting him breathing, I had another contraction and there was no break in my contractions. They were the babies actually born two minutes apart. So we had another contraction straight away in my and my water broke and then like my second water and then another contraction straight away and the second baby came there was absolutely no break the just contractions came each one I water broke baby water broke baby and so the first baby I was working on him when I as I delivered the second baby and then I was working on him and I all I could do I didn't have a towel anything with me because I wasn't in labor when I left I didn't take anything with me. So all I could find in the car, my dad was still driving. I told him to keep going because I knew I had your dad. Oh my gosh, how's dad (laughs) holding up in the meantime? Oh, I don't I don't think you'll ever get over it. Um he yeah, experience I don't think he ever wanted to live through and (laughs) I don't know if you'll ever get over it. But so you just um to keep driving. I told him to keep driving because I knew we had to get them there. If I was going to have them, we had to get them there to have any chance of survival. So I reached around behind me and grabbed the only thing in the car, which was my mum's jumper, and wrapped that around them and to me because I knew I had to keep them warm. Yes. So basically, while I was delivering them and delivering the second one, I was clearing the first one's mouth and massaging his chest, getting him breathing, and then putting him to me as I delivered the second one. And then I did the same with him and wrapped them together and to me to get them 
keep them warm and keep them stimulated and keep them together. So I had very, very little cord. They literally were on my lap and from there into me. Um, we kept going. We're about 19 Ks, I think, out of Inverell. Mm. So by the time we got in there, the police had actually called ahead and a few of the officers had come out of the station and blocked off the streets. Oh, so they escorted straight through. It was it was the most amazing thing. They they blocked the streets off, and as we were going in, an ambulance came out, but they indicated to keep going, and they came in behind us. Okay. And obviously by then I had both the babies delivered, so it was more important just to get them to the hospital than stopping and transferring. So they just flew in behind us. So we had, I think, a team of about four or five police officers and, and ambulances and whatnot going through Inverell because the hospital was on the other side. Um, and then we got into the hospital. They directed us straight into the ambulance bay, um, which then they um, they actually clamped the cords on my lap and cut the cords on my lap in the car because they had to get the boys into the hospital as quick yeah. as possible. Um, so they clamped and, and cut the cords on my lap in the car and then rushed them in. And they got me onto a gurney and in. Um, and then they had all the midwives they could pull from everywhere. They pulled extra ones in that were out and not working at the time. They had the two mid, uh, the two doctors, baby doctors in Inverell. There is only two, uh, one and another one. So they had both of them in and they were both working on the boys. They had ED doctors. They had doctors from other departments. They had people everywhere. There were so many people in there. It was incredible how everyone worked together and they didn't incredible job they they kept us informed the whole time um while while it was going on my husband meanwhile was on the way from work but he was way out in the middle of nowhere so he had to come um, all the way back to binger and swap vehicles and then come to Inverell. so he he got there before the boys were airlifted out um but we basically they wheeled me in um, then I had to deliver the two placentas. I was about to ask so about the the, Yeah. Yeah, so the first one delivered, um, all right, it, it um, came okay. The second one, the cord snapped. So then they called the surgical team in. But as at that time, one of the doctors could come away from the babies. They were stable enough that they could bring one of the doctors in. So the doctor came in and she was working on me while they, I was losing a lot of blood at the time. Yeah, right. Um, but they called for blood and they called for the surgical team. Um, they were able to deliver the second placenta just before they wheeled me out to go to surgery. So that oh. was very lucky. Um, yeah, so I didn't, didn't actually have to go oh. to surgery. And though I lost quite a lot of blood, they decided that I didn't, that they wouldn't through the transfusion it was sort of borderline and then they decided just to see how it went and they didn't I didn't end up needing the transfusion so that was good too um but basically once I delivered them then it was all I focused on the boys they they had the two doctors and two nurse and midwife teams working on each of the boys they then had to bring in um the nets team to transfer them to a bigger hospital um, so they had to bring in two choppers because oh. the choppers needed the humidity 
and the hemeti cribs are too heavy to have two in one chopper they take up the chopper oh so they had to bring yeah so they brought two choppers in um two doctor and two nurse teams um in as well and each boy had a doctor nurse team and a chopper and a hemeti crib to themselves so then they bundled them up but they did what they had to where did the choppers um so i i think they came from down sydney way somewhere um yeah and then they we were very lucky actually because where they were coming from it was storming and we didn't know how long it would take for them to get from there to us in Inverell and Inverell was about to cop a big storm Mm. so we were very lucky they actually made really good time they didn't think they would and they were concerned about how long it would take them to get there but they made really good time and they were able to get in and stabilize the boys with and change them over to their equipment and their humidity cribs and then get them on board and get out as the storm was hitting in rural. And then at that time they didn't know whether they were going about 15 minutes before they left, they found out where they were going. Initially they didn't know whether they'd go to Newcastle or Sydney. Um, They were hoping to send them into the Royal North Shore Hospital in Sydney but they didn't know with the storm because the storm was going to hit Sydney really hard at like any time. So we were lucky that they got to us in such good time and then got the boys settled and in intubated and stuff like that and into the humidity cribs and on board and out of our, out of Inverell before the storm hit there and it was getting fairly nasty as they were leaving. And then it was going to hit in Sydney. So we were very lucky. They actually did take them to Sydney as well. So they got in there before the storm hit as well. So it was just perfect timing. Everything lined up so well. Um, And they managed to get in there before the storm hit fairly nasty there. There were storms up and down the coast everywhere that night. And yeah, they or that day I should say, and they managed to get um, them into Sydney before the storm hit as well. So we were very lucky. And where we obviously didn't know at that time. Sorry. Did you go with the either of the boys? I couldn't. No. Um, because I... I'd given birth within twenty four hours, so they I couldn't fly. Um, so that was uh, such a hard thing watching them go. Oh. Um, standing there. Sorry. Um, standing there watching them go, not knowing if I'd see them alive again. I just sorry. Um, it was such a hard thing. My husband was with me by that stage. Um, obviously he he'd rushed from work and he got there before they they left, so he got to meet them. But we didn't know whether they would survive the trip. Um, both were intubated in case one needed it and the other one they wanted to do it in case he needed it um, mid flight. Yeah. Um. And at that stage, we didn't know. We were told they had fairly good chances and that they were quite strong and they were really fighting. But we didn't know if we'd see them alive again. So they were the tiniest little boys and they actually put them into oven bags, like oven bag you put your chook in, in the oven. That's that's what they had them in to keep their body heat and try and keep them warm under the heat lamps. 
So I don't think I'll ever look at another bag again the same way. But that's what they had them in. So that was so tiny. And when we watched the choppers take off, it was so hard. I, I actually, we were, I can't imagine what was going through your mind having lost the girls just, you know, a, a couple of weeks earlier in the gestation to having the boys fly out without you or your husband must have, I mean, that is just incomprehensible. It was. It was so, so hard. The team at Inverell were phenomenal. Um, they did absolutely everything they possibly could for us and they they were amazing. They just really were phenomenal. And the team actually stood there with us watching them go, which they were so supportive. And I, I've got to say, even when we lost the girls, they were just amazing. They really were wonderful. Um, we were very lucky with the main lady that was actually the main midwife that was in charge that day. She's actually been there right through all of our pregnancies. So she was there when I, uh, just after I delivered my oldest son, she was there looking after me. And then when I lost the twin girls, she was the one that they put in the ambulance that stopped me hemorrhaging and and um, was there. And then she was there when um, looking after me just after I had my little girl. And then she was in charge the day that we were looking and we had the boys. Oh, my gosh. So the fact, the fact that I, when I called, because as we were driving along, I called the hospital to say, I'm in labour and I'm heading your way. Um, so they knew we were coming. Um, and when I heard her voice on the end of the phone, it was, it was a comfort knowing that I knew the person that was organising everything. And when we got there, everyone was there. The doctors were there, all the midwives they could find, all the ED doctors were in there, everyone they could get were already there ready to go. Um, and she had all that organised and it was comfort knowing the person and knowing that what was going on and and she was they all were standing there with us when we watched our boys go um and yeah it was so so hard not knowing if they would make it um and then we couldn't go because after we stayed the night in Inverell hospital because obviously I'd lost a lot of blood and I was fairly weak um and so we stayed there the night and there was fairly nasty storms through the night. So we stayed there and basically stayed up all night waiting for the call to know that they made it to the hospital and they're still alive and they're still doing okay. Um, so we got those calls, which is just so hard. Knowing just waiting for that call. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.